Do you know that nurses who ate beans or legumes four times a week as their protein source had a 22% less risk of developing heart disease? We love legumes. Now, I heard that phrase, we love legumes, so often in my culinary medicine certification that I was convinced it would be on the final exam. It wasn't. But legumes, beans, peas, peanuts, are a powerful source of protein, one that's important to a healthy diet. Today, we're going to make sense of the madness of protein sources, from the carnivore-crazy gym bro selling you pre-workouts and lots of protein powders, to the lowly bean. I'm Dr. Terry Simpson, and this is Fork U. Fork University, where we make sense of the madness bust a few myths, and learn a little bit about food as medicine. Since the first protein powder was introduced in the gym in the 1950s and marketed to prove that those muscles came from a good protein, and a good protein had to be a supplement, America has been absolutely in love with protein sources. Today, the modern gym makes more money selling protein powders, pre-workouts, and other supplements than they make on personal trainers. But let me take you back a few years to the origin of the gym, ancient Greece. You've seen statues of those ancient Olympians. They worship the body. Their word for a healthy lifestyle was dieta, from where we get the word diet. But to them, it was more than what you ate. It was how you lived, your work in the gymnasium, and what you ate. But what was the diet of those six-pack Olympians? Where did they get their protein? Those first gorgeous Mediterraneans that we have the images of. Their diet was whole grain cereals, fruits, vegetables, and pulses, or legumes, beans and lentils. Sometimes they had a little bit of fish, but meat was not a part of their diet. Now you bring that up to your Google-advocated mild gym bro and they're going to Google and find the legend of Milo of Croton, who lived about 6,000 years B.C., and ate a little bit of meat. He was an oddity. But back to legumes. People who like to talk about how human beings evolved and lived, which is a bio-truth, meaning they don't understand evolution, will talk about hunter-gatherers. You know, hunter-gatherers were how human beings, or homo sapiens, ate until about 12,000 years ago when we became and discovered modern agriculture. But what was the protein source? It wasn't the woolly mammoth. It was probably the common legume. There are more finds of lentils and pulses in the tombs from ancient Egypt to 8,000 years ago from Turkey to the tombs of ancient China, all showing lentils and pulses, not specimens of the woolly mammoth. Now you're not going to find cave paintings of legumes, but you will find in North American pottery from the ancient Incas, the bean warrior, and the mythical battle from ancient Peru. But I want to take you back to the most remarkable story of legumes as we founded the Mediterranean diet just 70 years ago. Ansel Keys, as you've heard before, was very interested in the problem of heart attacks, which was striking down middle-aged men in their 50s left and right. 
When he was told that there were very few cardiac events in southern Italy, he went to investigate it. And he found that these people seemed to eat far more legumes. Now, legumes have less fat. And a diet rich in legumes should have less fat, and the thought was maybe less heart disease. In Naples, for example, he found that only 25% of the calories were from fat. In contrast, Keyes noted that in England, 35% of the calories were fat. In Minnesota, 40% of the calories were from fat. And legumes were the meat of the poor person. The blood cholesterol levels reflected this. In Naples, the average blood cholesterol was about 165 milligrams per 100 milliliters of blood. In England, a little over 200. And in Minnesota, over 230. And Keyes also noted that the wealthier Neapolitans who ate a richer diet had, let me quote, still a small sample of bankers and professional men in Naples who lived on a much richer diet than the working class, had cholesterol values of about 200 in their blood serum, and some of them had coronary artery disease. Confused by this, Keyes then took about 24 healthy men and controlled their diet in what we call a metabolic ward. What that means is that all of these individuals are fed precisely from their kitchen. Keyes kept the calorie constant with the amount of protein, but he changed the sources of fat and decreased the fat in one group by feeding them legumes. Not quite the Neapolitan diet, but cholesterol did fall in this group of men from an average of 225 to 195. But the fat in Naples was mainly olive oil, but the fat in his metabolic ward was predominantly fat from meat and milk. At the time, Keyes concluded it would sort of be difficult to convince people to eat a diet rich in legumes. Americans love their meat. And today we have better methods of decreasing heart disease risk by using statins and other drugs. While a diet of legumes replacing meat might reduce blood cholesterol by 10 or 20%, that's often not enough to decrease heart disease. But in large populations, it does. It absolutely does. Keyes, as you know, went on to look at different people's diets in seven different countries, 16 different cohorts of individuals, all of those who ate very little saturated fat in their diet, like the Japanese villages, to those who ate a tremendous amount, like the villages in Finland, showing an absolute positive correlation between the amount of saturated fat, the amount of blood cholesterol, and the number of heart attacks. And this was corrected for other things. He found that there was a correlation between smoking and heart disease, and blood pressure and heart disease, and saturated fat and heart disease, but not sugar. That was looked at, in spite of your Jim Bro thinking that sugar is evil, which it's not great, but the factors which were contributing to heart disease, smoking, saturated fat, and blood pressure, were remarkable for the 1950s because at that time they believed, the vast majority of people believed, that heart disease was simply a matter of aging. We now know it's not. Legumes are still a very powerful way to eat, a powerful protein. And when I started out, I told you about this 22% reduction in heart disease of those who ate legumes at least several times a week compared to those who didn't. That came from the nurses study, where we looked at nurses over the period of many, many years. What legumes are known for is they're a significant source of protein, dietary fiber, carbohydrates, and dietary minerals. Let's take one of my favorite legumes, chickpeas. About a half a cup of chickpeas contain 18% of the value of protein, 30% dietary fiber, 43% of your folate, 52% of your manganese. Not much fat, not much sodium. 
They're also an excellent source of resistant starch or fiber. Your gut doesn't break down this fiber, but it is broken down by the bacteria. And that allows the bacteria in your large intestine to produce these short chain fatty acids that are used by intestinal cells for food energy. And those byproducts absolutely reduce the risk of colon and rectal cancer. In fact, one of my favorite recipes is called Life Saving Doll from my good friend Simon Majumdar. Reference can be found in the blog. Legumes are an important part of the modern Mediterranean diet. If you want to get a point in the Mediterranean diet, you're going to eat about two to four ounces of legumes per day, or use legumes as a major source of protein for a meal several times a week. Just to refresh, legumes include things like tofu, lentils, beans, peas, and peanuts. Now, when you start adding all of that fiber to your diet, you're going to be a little uncomfortable at first, so go slow because that colon of yours isn't used to all of that fiber and the bacteria aren't the bacteria you're going to want to get, but eventually you will replace the bad bacteria with the good bacteria and your microbiome will be so happy that you switched your diet. And remember, the Mediterranean diet is a combination of sums. So not only will the whole grains increase your fiber, so will the legumes increase your fiber. Your body will be so happy when you have those things in there. There is a reason that certain societies especially those found in the blue zones, which use a lot of legumes in their diet because meat's kind of expensive, live longer and live better. And while today we have some great medications which can help mimic that, there is far more to life than statins. But if you have high cholesterol, please talk to your doctor about the various drugs which can reduce especially your low-density lipoprotein or apoprotein B down to a low, low level. But don't forget that benevolent bean, of which there's about 10,000 varieties of. Did you know that kidney beans came from North America? And the green bean came from North America? And that they found ancient pottery with beans in North America? And it was an important part of the diet of the ancient Incas and pre-Columbian Native Americans. Well, now you do. Legumes. We love legumes. We always will. Getting them as a part of your diet is important. Learning to live with them and introducing slow to your diet will make it more comfortable for you. All right. Thanks for listening to this edition of Your Doctor's Orders with me, Dr. Terry Simpson. Please check out the blog associated with, which can be found on yourdoctorsorders.com or on 4q.com. And while I am a doctor, I am not your doctor. If you need help, please see a board-certified Western physician, not a naturopath, certainly not a chiropractor, not some aviuritic medicine type, but a real doctor, and they may refer you to a registered dietitian as you want to make these healthy changes to your diet, which, by the way, are not only a recommendation of the U.S. guidelines, which emphasize about three cups of legumes a week, but also the DASH diet. Four to five half cup servings a week. All right, go have some beans. Simpler Media and my friend Evo Terra, the pod god, are responsible for distribution of this nice podcast. And Evo, I've got some great lentil recipes for you. In fact, I'm about to go take the leftovers from my turkey, add them to some nice lentils, and make a great curry. I wish you and yours were coming over this Sunday night. 
Lentils curry. Mmm, you know I love me some curry, Doc. Can you put lamb in that?